For fuck's sake. What's wrong with it? <laughs> Let's see how we go this time. If it fails this time, it's my board and I'll need to look at uh, why it's failing. But mm. USD card, it should be good. Ah. All right. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey everyone, it's Griff. Uh, it's another episode of the 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 beer uh, the beer cask uh, podcast uh, with 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 Griff and and Spony. Um, very cool to be here. Uh, you know, I, I I think it maybe it was just time for us to to change that name. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I just it just feels like there's maybe it feels like something bad might happen to one of us, uh, Spony. Really, Spony? You're a bit yeah. worried, are you? That that's surprising. I thought you would have been coming up off the high of the drippies. Um, everything would have been good. We received a Ko-Fi donation this week. I thought you oh, would have been right. riding riding the wave like a, a Trump supporter after January sixth. Well, you know, uh, much like much like some of, some of the Trump supporters after January sixth, it feels like I I'm, uh, I may be be better off hiding out a little bit these days. I've been, you know, we've been get we've got a usually our our in our mailbox as our listeners know is not is not quite busting to the seams like it's been this week, including my. Physical mailbox, which has just been full of some of the most heinous hate mail you can imagine from some, you know, various uh, personalities and beer personalities and bar personalities around the country. Some of it even um, making dangerously specific and criminal th- threats mm. on um, on me, and and really not on me physically so much on um, their threat. Tony, they're they're doing something much more. Um, much nastier. Something you might see in one of them, one of them Friday the Thirteenth movies or something, or a Fangoria magazine. They're they're threatening to steal my. Uh, they're threatening to take away my revolution and my Horus and my and my bottle logic and everything. Now, question: What was this written in? Was it written in ink, blood, or some other liquid? Because I can I can I can eliminate one person off the bat if it's mm-hmm. written. In P, if it's written in P, when I'd actually eliminating, we're nailing it down. That is Greg Hall, without a doubt, for his nomination. Oh. But um, yeah. what was it written in? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say Brian Malika. Um, <laughs> no, I think it, uh, it. You know what? I I put the paper up to my nose because I was like, "What is this? Is this shit? Is it nan? You?" But it actually was um, smelled like barrel aged hazelnut stout, Tony. I think he was. This person, uh, this person was writing in uh, some high-end barrel-aged sugar stout, and that's how I knew the threat was real. Uh, when I really had to take it seriously, they were they were bringing the the hate. You know, someone opened up someone opened up a side project sugar stout or a shared or a um, or a or a or a Horus or something like that to to really come after me. I think Tony, it's it's mm. terrifying. I'm just trying to think of our other nominees. Um, so you you don't think it's a brew dog? Product in. I, you know what? I have not had a lot of Brewdog's barrel aged stuff. Um, hell, I never even tried the uh, 
shit that was like 70% alcohol, any of that, uh, the stuff that came in the squirrel or, uh, or whatever, or that was buried in the ground. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it was, uh, I don't think James Watt, I, I wonder though, um, you know, I, I did run into someone this week and, and he, uh, out here in Vegas and, uh, he, he, he made a number of terrifying threats at me. Um, and I think it was, he was bald, kind of squat, bald feller, uh, with a sort of, his voice sounded constantly clenched all the time. You're going to make somebody sick. Rando. Uh, so I think it was, uh, you know, Rando, I always thought it sounded pretty chill most of the time, despite having a uh, disastrous life. <laughs> uh, no, I think this is, uh, I think it was John Taffer, Tony. I'm oh. not sure if he would have written me the letters because I'm not sure how much barrel aged stout John Taffer has. So I wonder if that didn't come specifically from one of our, um, non-winners, I guess somebody who thought they deserved it, like a, uh, you know, maybe a Horace or a uh, or a um, burial. Oh, I don't know, you know, bottle logic burial. Yeah, yeah, they might have deserved it. Burial, you know, always in the running. Uh, can't yep. win it every year, but or can or can you? <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, no, I think John Taffer is pretty unhappy with me. He was he was pushing me around a little bit, kind of a little 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 guy though. Um, wasn't too scared of him. Uh, ran into him over uh, over there at the at the brew dog. He's already re- he's already reimagining it. Son of a bitch! It's been open for three weeks. I I can't leave well enough alone. But and um, he, yeah, I think I think John Taffer's a little salty with me. Yeah, and I'm sure he thinks brew dog's got too much variety. There should only be two taps: um, Red Hook and Michelob Ultra. Only at the brew dog bar. Can, can you name two better beers than that? I mean, come on. They're both premium beers. What can I say? I mean, pro- what, what do you think? What do you think you can charge for a Michelob Ultra on the strip, Tony? Oh, I'm gonna say it's, it sort of it sort of throws you because in some places you can probably get it for like two dollars, right? Oh, Don't yeah. you think you can go in? You can go into the ABC store and get a big can of Michelob Ultra for three three bucks, right? Probably but, three four bucks. But I'm guessing on the strip from a casino because they're really relying on you not being able to get out and get to an ABC because we're talking about tourists that don't leave. They just hotel complex to hotel complex. They don't hit up the ABC sure. stores. That's their cash cow. I'm going to say $8.50. Maybe that's overs, I, but I think that's a good number. I think if you go up to a casino bar and get a Michelob Ultra, I, w- I would say you're in the ballpark. I would say between, uh, depending on the casino, you're looking at between 6 and $10, I would say, for a... Uh, or a Michelob Ultra. That's a great call, Tony. Um, yeah, so so these guys are not happy with me. Um, we did get a nice donation though from one of our loyal supporters. Thank you, Corey, for your for your uh, your donation on ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast, I think. Uh, um, oh no, beer engine pod. It's beer engine pod. Stay tuned to Just the end of the pod. show. Yeah, stay till the end. Stay tuned till the end when Tony says it, and you'll get it right. Don't worry. It's Beer Engine Podcast. Um, it's Beer Engine Pod. Ko-fi.com slash Beer Engine Podcast. You can make us a donation, too, just like uh, our, our uh, good friend Corey. Very nice of him. Thank you very much. Um, at least we have one supporter out there. You know, um, you, you, look at, you look at all these evil freaks who want to take away your diabetes stout, and you say, No. You know, we have real friends out there that yep. that that would that would storm the capital of uh, of beer with us. You know, they would they would be right behind us, um, running up those steps, 
sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair, looking at the pictures of her kids or whatever, um, or whatever they were doing. I don't know. Uh, thinking about thinking about their husband, her husband not being attacked in his home or whatever. Now uh, I really thought we whatever would've... she's uh, she's up to these days. I really would have thought we would have got some uh, donations from the big category winners. And I'm looking at a, one brewery in particular, Sourpuss Brewery. I'm really shocked that they didn't send us a donation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, they had maybe the moment of the night. Um, thank you to Sourpuss Brewery and our friend PMAC for putting out one of the most memorable um, things that have ever, has ever come out on this show, despite having done 120-something episodes <laughs> of it. Uh, the line, of course, being uh, "Pineapple is the undisputed king of fruit," which is just a, <laughs> a remarkable th- thought to have. I I love it. Um, so yeah, Sourpuss that might be their biggest. That might have been their biggest hit on a uh, on a podcast for sure. I don't know. Maybe there's some Aussie beer podcasts that are blowing up out there. I'm sure there are that are destroying it and talking about Sourpuss beer all day. But mm, maybe well, I haven't heard of them. I'm not going to listen. I come from the Brian Malika School of Podcasting. You do not listen to podcasts that you're in the same genre as. Oh, absolutely not. I will never listen to a beer podcast. I can't handle it. Yep. We take it so seriously, Tony. I can't even think about it. We honestly can say, well, well, I can. I can't speak for you, that this is the best beer podcast I've ever heard because I listened to no others when I came up with the idea of a beer podcast I didn't do any research and look up any others. Why would you? Like, how serious mm-hmm. do you need to take this? How deep into the tasting notes do you need to go to know that some beer's delicious, some beer's not? Some people that produce beer are top people. Some people are assholes, and it's sometimes it takes a little while we, to find those assholes. And, and we cover that part a lot. You know, we will really talk. We will really dig into the assholes. We love um, talking about assholes. Yeah. Yep, we're getting we're getting elbow deep with these assholes. Um, <laughs> these uh, so uh, Tony, uh, it's interesting. I uh, I've gone to a live show for a beer podcast. I didn't actually ever listen to the podcast, but I was always um, I always have enjoyed the posting the writing of one um, fellow who calls himself "Don't Drink Beer." I believe his real name is Alex Kidd. Um, uh, so I don't know if you ever looked at, paid attention to this fellow, Tony, but I actually went to a thing he did in Chicago at Revolution years ago, and you got some pours of deep woods and stuff. It was awesome. And uh, it was uh, fucking lame, I thought. It was boring. Um, he was there. <laughs> it was like two, him and two guys that do their podcast, and they supposedly have good chemistry, and people were like, oh, I love his this show. It's one of the most popular shows Called Malt Couture, I believe, and um, I just was I was I was exhausted by the whole experience. Other than drinking the stout, I was just like, "This is not anything." I don't I don't get it. They were too intellectual into beer. Is that the case, or just not no, entertaining? They weren't. They really weren't entertaining. That's really the problem. It sort of had the five hundred by midnight um, element, you know. When, when I compare us to other shows, and obviously the easy comp is, and, and we have nothing to do with TAI, but we are more of a conversationalist show, yep. and we aren't as good at it. <laughs> Neither of us are as good at it as Brian is, um, no. because it's hard to be as good at it as he is. Um, yes. He's very good at it, naturally. 
Uh, he doesn't have to write shit on a piece of paper to know what to talk about. He'll just no. do it. Uh, it's I amazing. I have to write stuff down. Uh, I'm a, I'm crazy compared to him. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. But um, I, I, I'd say that it's like comparing TAI to 500 by midnight. Uh, I think TAI is as much like Vegas as we are about beer. And I think um, I think 500 by midnight is as unentertaining as most other beer podcasts are <laughs> in general. So, yes, 500 was much more competent in talking about things hmm. happening in Las Vegas. If you're somebody traveling to Las Vegas and they were much more put together it's, it felt like they had, I mean, they had fine chemistry, I would say. They, they talked coherently. They were logical. The sound quality was good, all that stuff. Um, and they're still doing it, you know, so there's that. But I, it was, it's a drag of a thing to sit through. I mean, it's, yeah. it's exhausting. It's tiring to listen to it. I'm sure some people are into the real geekery of it, which Hey, that's fine. If you're that deep into the big acre of beer, I don't know what to tell you. If you're into the the five hundred things where you you're into every little move that happens in beer, um, but that's not our style. That's not how we drink beer. It's not how we analyze beer. Like it's about two friends getting together and talking as we would over a couple of beers that enjoy talking about beer and often it veers away from beer. And thank Christ so John for that. Taffer, we're just friends. Stop coming after me, John Taffer, with your fucking weapons and uh, your threats. Now, we, don't, we don't need that here. I know that you mentioned that he had weapons. What kind of weapons is John Taffer packing? See, I've always <laughs> thought of him as a nunchucks guy. I was going to say the same exact thing, Tony. I was always like, he's going to have some weird-ass fucking shit that's, like, collectible. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he's one of those weirdos who has, like, uh, he's not going to show up just with a with a fucking sawed-off shotgun or a, or a, or a you know, Saturday a Saturday night special. Something. Even if he did show up with a gun, it would be something he has to take out of a wooden box. Yes. Uh, it, Dueling it's pistols. Nunchucks. It's yeah, pistols at dawn. Uh, <laughs> it would be um, it would be some kind of samurai sword or like a uh, some kind of vintage hand hand carved knife or some shit. Ninja stars. I don't know anything like that. That's like I found these on a trip through you know uh, Laos in 1986. You know they were given to me by a former. Um, Vietnam War, I don't, you know, anything. You know, yeah. it would have just been this long, drawn-out story uh, of of something, you know. I, I, I think you're exactly right. So I'm, nunchucks I'm, are the easy, easy route there, yeah. I'm really starting to get a great picture of John Taffer's bedroom now that you've put that picture in my head. Just absolutely a shit ton of samurai swords, an absolute shit ton. They're yeah. all the tourist kind that you, you buy and... We've got a marble fireplace and a mirrored ceiling. And that mirrored ceiling I, isn't for when he's having sex. That's just so he can look at himself and go to sleep happy looking at his own image. Yeah, here I am, yes. Uh, would you want to fuck with a mirrored ceiling? I don't know about that. No, but if you're John Taffer, would you really want to see your own face in a mirror? Yeah, there's that too. 
Uh, you know, one time I saw a guy, I, I did watch a guy buy a samurai sword in a uh, at a Flying J. I don't know if you know what Flying J is, Tony. It's a, a truck stop type place with a big fucking get like you know store in the middle of it. You know, yep. Where you get pop and stuff, but they had like gifts and they had samurai swords in the in the case for some reason or another. And I watched some dorky fucking kid buy one. I'm pretty sure at the. Uh, the Flying J, and it was in central Missouri, so just the scariest <laughs> goddamn place you can be. Um, deliverance, banjos, and, and shit going off. Just awful, awful place in the world. Um, Tony, you know, we've been doing an update on just random right-wing shit, and I really didn't have anything today, uh, but uh, I was kind of bored at work, like I am most days uh, today, and went out and Googled something, and I thought I'd get your reaction to this, because... I, I, I feel like I had discovered something, but I feel like, as usual, when, when you're involved, uh, there, it's very unlikely that I actually did discover anything because you're so plugged in <laughs> to things uh, in this universe. So, um, Tony, for years, I would say, and, and many of our, I would say most of our American listeners will be familiar with this because they perform in many cities. I, I had seen these billboards in Chicago and now in Vegas. Um, for something called Shen Yun. And um, uh, Shen Yun does some kind of, I would say, like very somewhat garish, um, uh, uh, choreographed show about Chinese traditional art or something or traditional culture or something along those lines, I would say. Um, and, And I noted, I really never thought about it uh, I just saw the picture and I'm like, Oh, look at all the colors. You know, that's interesting. I, not in a million years would I ever go to something like this, but okay. But it always just comes through like any arena show would like Disney on ice or trans Siberian orchestra or any of that stuff that Sesame street live, any of that shit that shows up like yep. once a year in your town, you know? And, um, I, and then recently over the last handful of years, I would say before, usually it was nothing. It just, they just had the picture of the thing. Like check this out. It's a big spectacle. You know, come see it. But just recently, they started putting a motto on it. And the motto says, China before communism. And I'm always like, well, that's interesting. Um, that's, yeah. a, that's sort of a that's sort of a weird caveat to put on your, like, uh, I mean, listen, most Americans are pretty, um, including myself, are pretty, I would say, uh, <laughs> uh, we, 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 um, homogeneously consider Asian culture. If I would, if I can incorrectly say that, right. Most Americans are maybe not uh, super um, up to speed on what's the difference between China, Japan, Korea, et cetera, you know, in terms of from cultural elements. And I would say the most um, friendly of those is like most, I generally, most of us can figure out what the food is, but I would say even then, Not very good at it because there are plenty of restaurants here that are like sushi and Thai and stuff. And you're like, what? Yeah, understand. I don't even understand what's going on there. But um, anyways, uh, so they started putting this motto up that says China before communism. Like, that's very specific. That's that's interesting. I I wonder what they're going for here. So I just today I was just like, oh, yeah, I was going to look that up. And I just typed it in, Tony. I just typed (laughs) in what this is. And I go to the Wikipedia because they're reliable. And um, here's what I find. Uh, Shen Yun is a United States-based nonprofit performing arts and entertainment company. Sure. Okay. Right. And they do. uh, It was founded by 
a Chinese expatriate adherence of Falun Gong and is based at Falun Gong's 427-acre compound. And every time I see the word compound, you know my alarm bells are going off, baby. Uh, You see compound, you're going, woo! I'm thinking, uh uh-oh, here we go. And this is yep, and this is in Deer Park, New York, northwest of New York City, where the religious group's leader and founder, Lee Hong Ji, and many of his followers also reside. So of course, you know, I get down to this part, it's like, okay, they've gotten criticism for promoting sectarian doctrine, negative views towards evolution, atheism, and homosexuality. So then I'm like, well, what's this Falun Gong thing? I see Tony, you're probably more familiar with this. Are you so Tony, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's just stop there. Yes. You know exactly what I'm going on about right now. I see you nodding your head like "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, right? Okay, so you you know what I'm getting into here. Falun Gong of one of those organizations that sort of use the abuses and the cloak of abuse that uh, the Chinese um, government actually do perpetrate to actually sort of purpose their own mission um, outside of China. Neither of these two actors, that being the Chinese government or Falun Gong, are good actors. Um, one just happens to be in power. They're both horrible organisations. Um, but one uses the cloak of the other to sort of operate and be sort of touchy-feely, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, this one gave me some worse vibes uh, than I would say the, the Chinese government, I would, I would argue. Now, not, not having experienced abuse at the hands of the Chinese government personally, um, I, maybe that is an un, un, uh, sense, insensitive thing to say, but so I clicked on this thing and maybe I blinked twice. I understand that there's multiple meetings of this lo- of this um, symbol, but the center of their symbol is a swastika, Tony. Um, I, so maybe 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 you sort of you you do sort of blink twice when you see that and say like, oh, that's interesting. Well, <laughs> might no. have might have considered maybe a different uh, thing, just considering the sim- symbology of the swastika at this point. Yeah, but this is a problem I have with um, Western culture in general. If we see something as offensive, then we believe it must be offensive in all cultures. The swastika of course. was around before Nazi Germany. Actually, it's a, it, it rotates the opposite For thousands way. of years, yeah. of, of course. Yeah, I, 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 so understanding that, I, I continued scrolling. I did not just say, oh, well, that's fucked up. Yep. Uh, but, you know, knowing what they are, <laughs> you do kind of start to maybe think about it a little bit. Um so uh, they operate a variety of outreach organizations in the U.S. and elsewhere, including Shen Yun and Tony. Now, this one threw me. They run the far-right newspaper, the Epoch Times. Why does uh, that which, throw you? Because really? I, I, I really? knew that was one of their papers. Um, papers I just knew the Epoch Times was that thing, one of those things that says QAnon and... Uh, vaccine, anti-vax, and all. It's it's the thing your aunt posts. It right? is. It's the shit your aunt posts that's like uh, George Soros is planting and his Antifa warriors are planting bricks around cities or whatever. Uh, that shit. That's what these, these guys are doing. Yes, that, that, that is true. But if you look at the majority of the content under their masthead, 
it actually has more to do with being critical of the Chinese government and the way it's actually um, sure. doing any business uh, practices. And I guess they just knew a way to get to get their to get some fans is really what they were again what they were going for using the cloak of of something else to work their their way into it. This is an organisation that really used astroturfing and have always used astroturfing before it was a popular political term to sort of well, hide what they are. Um, to they have some other. In. You know what? We're going to have some other. They have some other problems. What, you mean say, the August uh, harvesting? What's that? The orb, the organ harvesting. Uh, that that's one. Um, <laughs> we can we can talk about the organ harvesting. I know that's um, the big headline. Uh, in 2006, allegations emerged that a large number of Falun Gong practitioners have been killed to supply China's organ transplant industry. Uh, so. Uh, I don't know if that actually happened. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't even know what's going on there. That's too much for me. <laughs> but um, so I, I decided to uh, I got down here to look at their social practices. That's always that's always a good place to go. Um, turns out their leader taught that homosexuality makes one unworthy of being human, creates uh, bad karma and is comparable to organized crime. Uh, he's got that going for him. Well, do you think that's uh, an effective policy, though? Because, hey, I want to be cool like a gangster. That's not going <laughs> to keep me away from banging other that dudes. That's Tony. Uh, yep. Um, that doesn't work uh, for teenagers. There was there was something else in here that that really threw me. Maybe that was the maybe that was the the organ harvesting thing. I don't know, but. There is just a. This is maybe some. There may be some concerning uh, 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 things they had going on in here. Uh, the, oh no, it's Lee Hongji said he was like an alien or something, right? Or, or there's something with aliens. Where's there the, is something with aliens, and oh, yeah, uh, they sort of mix Buddhism, obsective Buddhism, and aliens. Oh yeah, and Lee Hongji has stated that he believes aliens walk the earth, and that modern science and race mixing are part of their ploy to overtake humanity. Uh, Which is what I find really they also have weird. the thing. They're yeah, operating in, in malls and stuff because they're short of dollars um, to try and get your dollars and try and get Westerners into this cult, yet they don't want race mixing. They also had a Barney Gumble. They have a Barney Gumble belief, which I love. Um, <laughs> Falun Gong's cosmology includes the belief that different eth- ethnicities have a correspondence through their own heavens and that individuals of mixed race lose that aspect of this connection. Um, so which does make me right. So I believe there's a Simpsons where Barney is extremely hammered at his like own birthday party or something. (laughs) It's the where Barney goes sober and uh, he's like, I'm just saying there's a planet for the Chinese and a planet for the French. And when we all die and go there, we'll all be happier. And he's talking to Lisa, of course. So, um, she's like, you're upsetting me. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, okay, so they stole that from The Simpsons. That's fine. Okay. But <laughs> or did anyways, The Simpsons steal it from them? One of one or the other. I'm sure it was, it's funny either way. But uh, um, so anyways, you can, you guys can go on there and read this about these guys. I'm sure everybody knew about it before me. Um, Tony, definitely. I knew he would. Um, 
but I, I was I was amazed to believe that this thing that looks this is just the nature of everything, right? This thing that looks totally innocuous. You're like, whatever, it's some it's some show yep. that people go see and has dancing and stuff is built on a on a on a uh, on this whole fucked up situation um, with these, uh, I mean, flat out lunatics. I mean, it's it's excellent. Now, Falun Gong, cool, 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 cool. But they don't have a patch on the Moonies. The Moonies are amazing. I would get anybody interested even slightly in what becomes of, like, these cults when greed splits a family apart. Um, right. Should check out the Moonies. They're the cult that have the mass wedding ceremonies, you know, where you see them on the news every couple of years where they oh, marry sure, yeah, 10,000 yeah. people all at the same time. That's the Moonies, and they also run a newspaper that your aunt has probably used on Facebook, and that is Washington Times. Not to be confused with the Post. Yeah, the Washington Times, and they are batshit, but they have splintered off into different groups. I know one of them arms himself with automatic weapons and has a big throne, and it's, it's great to see the dysfunction within the Moonies, and they were extremely popular sort of late 60s, early 70s, uh, through the 80s. And as as the founder who said he was never going to die died, um, the whole church splintered off into who became the, the true leader and who, who's talking to who. Um, who's talking well, to who? It's just crazy. These guys all are... <laughs> They're all planting the insane stuff. It's it's amazing that this is this is who's planting all this, like, bizarre shit. And, and it's all plugged in with these right-wing dudes who know that they can manipulate them to give them money or give them whatever it is uh, they need to continue surviving in their weird-ass way. Uh, highly disturbing. And it'll just go on forever, uh, I presume. So Yeah, the best analogy I can give to people is it's kind of what news organisations are doing with Megan and Harry and the royal family and the spat there. Nobody really gives a fuck about them, but they are using their hook to get people to read their newspaper so then they can push their opinion pieces on people. Because I can guarantee that Fox... I haven't looked lately, but you can guarantee that they're covering the Megan and Harry drama so they can then hook people in on um, the News Corp um, narrative. And um, so they're using that hook of something that is really kind of soft and who gives a flying fuck about somebody that will never become king and his girlfriend and the family dramas they have but it gets eyeballs to their page, which then gets them into their editorial, which then they, means they can drive up their their leverage within Washington or wherever in the world, whether it's Australian politics or American politics. This is all in fine. This is kind of why I'm into this segment um, of things. You, you've got to know your enemy and you've got to laugh at the, your enemy when they're batshit crazy as well. That's why it's fun, even though it's scary to laugh at QAnon and all their batshit next. beliefs. Yeah, they should, Fox News going to have Prince Andrew on next. I mean, who knows? Um, all right. 
Tony, I put Andrew Tate on here. Is there anything new with him? Is he just fucked up still? Is he just in jail or something? He's in jail. What we do know, however, it wasn't because of the the Thunberg tweet, which is a bummer. They already had their mm-hmm. eye on him. Um, one of the two Tate brothers, whether it be Tristan or Andrew, has been hospitalised. It was reported mm. that he was bashed up. I believe that is, however, fake news. From what I understand, one of them had a pre-existing medical condition. Um, it seems to me that somebody else is in control of his Twitter account or just as likely he is um, set up posting in advance so it automatically posts every 24 mm. hours because if you look at his tweets over the previous span since he's been in prison, they have been so generic about the Matrix and there's nothing specific about his current situation. People are trying to read into it like they would cube briefs. So that's sort of where Andrew Tate is at the moment. I think we've got a hearing coming up soon. Maybe we'll get some more information. I'm not sure of the legal system over there and how it actually works. I've got a familiarisation with the Australian justice system, the US justice system, the English justice system, but um, I believe he's in Romania. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what's going on in yeah. Romania in the end now. I don't know what their, their sort of practices are and, and when we'll get sort of public information on Andrew Tate. I kind of hope it's kept behind doors for some time because yeah. a lot of his fans are starting to eat each other, which is great. Perfect. That's what we need. That's now we're talking. That's a good idea. All right, Tony. That's enough for that crazy shit. Let's go on to some other crazy shit and we'll talk about the stuff in our Discord this week. You want me to hit the Discord theme? I was too busy taking note of um, our recording to make sure it was actually recording because this is our third try. I'm trying to record this podcast to be on the right Let's see if we can do this. Right, yeah. All right, we had uh, Nick Torque back out there checking breweries off the list. Uh, he, uh, what do we got? Nine, this is number 90, Bar- Tar Barrel Brewery and Distillery in Mornington. Uh, so I uh, have a little West Coast IPA here. Looks like a legit West Coast IPA. I like that. Um, and they got barbecue here. They got, they got smoked barbecue. Hell yeah. All right. Uh and uh, ended up with a pulled pork burger. Got the slaw in there, legit. Fries look good. Lager looks good. Nice call, Tony. Now, is this place? This place is. Where is this place? Mornington is uh, about an hour south south of the Melbourne CBD in technically suburban Melbourne these days. Um, and it's how Chicago is too. Everything's just getting farther and farther out. Yeah, but it's kind of like where you used to live, where it is its own con- self-contained city rather sure. than Chicago proper, and it's just starting to be swallowed up with freeways and, and and housing developments out that way. It used to be a holiday area for people in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, we got Smart Brothers. That's also the same area. Uh, of course, Nick Torque went with the Undisputed King of, of Fruit with a Pineapple Milkshake IPA. Uh, Tony, let's take a look at this menu here. Pills, Hef, Golden Ale, Hazy... Oh, hazy session, uh, pale ale, best bitter, pineapple milkshake IPA. It was very traditional until you got to that. 
Um, West Coast IPA, Red Rye IPA. Now, there's a style for you. Mangosa, um, Irish Stout, Robust Porter. Oh, Tony, I'm going with that Red Rye IPA. Haven't had one of those in a while. Sounds yeah, delicious. that's a very old school reference that I, I haven't seen on a menu for a long time. Here's look good here. Uh, Tony, you are out drinking. Here's your new trucker hat you talked about last week. Got sort of a faded green color yep. on it. I like it. And uh, a beer from Mafco. Oh, it's the Unigosa. That's what you got. That sounds good. That's interesting. Yep. And then uh, number 92 for Nick Torque, Ocean Reach. Keeps going. Uh, so that actually, you know what? I think I think we got to all of them. That's good. And uh, all right, we got our buddy Corey. Thanks for the donation, Corey. Uh, surprised you had anything left after going to a side project. I know I would be <laughs> pulling my pockets out and the fly would be flying out of them. Got a couple bottles. Oh, a bottle of Fuzzy, a bottle of Fosse, the Quince, um, Bellefleur, and the classic Saisonnier, and the Courcuvée Killer Sours from Side Project. Tony, you're going to be drinking those in, what, 11 days, I would say, right? 10, 11 days? Yeah, somewhere. Uh, somewhere between those for us, right? Yeah. From the date of publication, I think it's it's 12 days. Oh, it's yeah, 12, yeah. Because that'll be right. the, I don't know, the 20th. Um, I saw Nick Torque was getting a delivery from Carton at his house, which was pretty amazing. Um, so in honor of that, he was drinking the Carton can-conditioned ESB called Drinking Trains. Um, that looks fantastic. I would drink that all day, every day. Yummy. Don't forget about that. He, he got the... Yeah, sorry, uh, Max Allotment, that's who it is. And um, uh, Max also got himself a, a drop-off there from Carton. I remember getting those from uh, from uh, Dovetail. That was awesome when they would just come to your house. That was so cool. You didn't have to drive to the city. wouldn't be two hours for me, but it would be, I don't know, hour, hour 10 maybe if there's traffic. You'll take that all day. Um Looks like, uh, and then Nick did some research for him to uh, point out that there's 138 breweries in in New Jersey um, that that Max could go to, which that is remarkable to think about how many breweries are in this friggin' country, Tony. Now, where do you think? Like, I know we've got individual places like Missoula, which are completely overrepresented. Where do you think the highest concentration? of breweries in a big city that's that's sort of gettable within an hour is, is it in that New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey region? Or is for, it... Oh, oh, from... Um, oh, yeah, probably. Um, just based on geographics and... Sort of depends on where you are in, in one of these areas, right? If you're in the right place in between Chicago and Milwaukee... Well, you're yeah. able to get to a lot of breweries. Um, you have a lot of options there. This is probably pretty high, though. I would say if you're in the area, the New Jersey, um, you know, New York, Philadelphia zone, there, um, you're going to be you're going to be well well stocked. That's just sort yep. of uh, you know urban sprawl for forever. Um, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, when you I don't know. I mean, there is a. Yeah, I'm not sure. Max might 
disagree. I, th- I think, you know, when you get to this many in that small of a space, you do start to develop some crap. Um, so I'm not sure to what degree of, like, quality you're getting with a lot of these. But, you know, I don't want to be unfair either. It could all kick ass for all I know. Well, not all of it can kick ass. They don't all do, but I don't know what percentage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, statistically, there has to be some junkers. I just don't know what to what percentage that's true, you know. I know when I'm going to New York in, in – um, I know L.A. has this problem, right? L.A. and San Diego, that'd be another one where there's a shitload of breweries you can go to. But L.A.'s got a lot of middling breweries and a handful of kick-ass ones, you know. So Yep. Um, that That's a sort of a, a example of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is a lot. It's very dense, densely populated part of the world right there. Could you do um, the um – hop in LA of LA, Carlsberg, San Diego, or is that too big a distance compared to what Nick Talk has uh, highlighted? I think it's about similar. It's maybe the same. It's maybe more distance, but the driving time might be similar. I think LA to San Diego is like an hour and a half if you get lucky on driving. Um, so, yeah, LA, Carlsbad, San Diego, North County area, you know, you're probably in pretty good. So there may be some shit in LA, but yeah, you've got quality heading down and the San coast. San Diego's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, there's some good stuff down there. Um, we can do the mail keg later. What else okay. we got? Um, uh, you know what? I think we're pretty good. We did get Cascade Danks uh, uh, untapped for the year finally. Um, he had a pretty good year, man. 335 check-ins. Solid year. Um, solid year. 74 different beer styles. He's drinking a lot of New England hazy IPA. Nothing wrong with that. He's, uh, nothing wrong with that. Top beer was called Whale Sharks by Verdant. I would love to try that. I want to go to Verdant. Um, some of his favorites. What do we got? Oh, Matryoshka from Fort George. I know Cascade's got roots in the uh, Pacific Northwest, so that was probably a nice one. Um, Fort George is is rocking, though. Cloudwater in there, that's good beer. Um, and then uh, his worst beers were A Shot in the Dark by Polly's Brew Co. Oh, no. <laughs> and the Brewdog Layer Cake. Take that, Brewdog. Boo. Suck it. Suck it, um, James. And he drank 44 beers from Verdant. Nice job. Uh, not bad. Not bad, Cascade. I like it. Um, uh, ooh, ooh, uh, oh, we had a Celty <laughs> post by me. Um, the forehand Seltzerade hard seltzer, sports drink inspired hard seltzer. So this is Gatorade. Um, I would love to try this, Tony. I, I, I enjoy a Gatorade. I don't drink it often because it's quite bad for you. Yes. Um, terrible. Loaded with sugar, loaded with sugar. Um, that's why it works as a hangover cure because it's loaded with sugar. Yep. Uh, and salt. So, uh, but I would love to try this. Uh, highly curious about the seltzer aid. Do you think it probably would better for you? Probably better for you than drinking Gatorade. Oh, because all that sugar's been fermented out and turned into alcohol. I kind of think yeah. it's would have, even though it's not a beer, kind of related to a goza, if that makes sense. Like a really lightly flavored. Yeah. That goza definitely flavored. has sort of a. Lightly sort of an electrolyte yeah. thing about it, for sure. I agree. I agree, Tony. All right. Why don't we do the mail keg right quick, huh? <laughs> All right, Tony. This is from Corey. NA beer sales are reportedly up 120% over the past three years. Um, 
So nobody's been sending me any tips for a while to drink athletic beer, so we're curious as to where everyone is on this now. I can think of at least one instance of the last few months where I opted for an N.A. beer. Is at our local vegan New York pizza joint, and I wanted that nice beer pizza combo, but wanted to stay sharp for my never-ending war with toddlers. Um, so they're advertising a lot of NA beer this month. Um, I have not tried any recently, Tony. Um, so maybe I need to go back and see what I can get. I'm not sure we get athletic here, um, but I can see if I can hunt it, hunt hunt one down. I've heard I've heard that's some of the best. Yep. Um, now, you know, I, you know, when I drink NA stuff, I just, I don't know. I've just, I'm, I'm, I'll just drink a seltzer, like a non hard seltzer, you know, like a sodi water or a, uh, maybe some zero, some no sugar ginger beer mixed with soda water. So it's not too sweet tasting or something like that, you know? Yeah. I really feel that Corey is speaking about a v- very specific pairing and that being, Beer, and pizza. Beer, beer yeah. and pizza, and I get it. It's probably the only pairing I can think where I wouldn't reach for a, as you were saying, non-alcoholic salsa or soft drink or other alternative. And I, I would potentially look at it. My only problem is, at least in Australia, like where's the value proposition? You're paying beer prices for a product that has none of the, the love and care that goes into a fully fermented beverage. Yes, they've recipe developed and they've produced a beer that that kind of mimics beer-like qualities. But I, I can say even the craft stuff I've had, it would be rated at most on untapped at 3.25. There's no value proposition. There's no flavour proposition. There's one specific food pairing that... Okay, I understand where you're coming from. Maybe hot dogs is another op- option, but again, I could probably pair that with something else and it would be just as delicious. Soda would be delicious there. Um, See, I, I get it with I gr- pizza. Having grown, up in, having grown up in Chicago, and I guess maybe you might, I don't know if this was the case for everybody in the, in the country, maybe it is, but um, if you watch Home Alone, they're all drinking like pop. With pizza, and I actually still associate those two flavors together, like drinking a uh, a cola with pizza. Now, uh, it's been years since I did that because I don't drink <laughs> soda um, besides, like you know, seltzer water. Yep. So highly unlikely I would do that. Although I have had some of the cola, like what are those Olipops or whatever the hell those are, like um, like cola flavored waters. I guess I don't know what they are. Dude, I don't know what these things are. They are have like they probiotics like, or something in them. Like a I, I couldn't explain what this shit is. A little bit. It had that. It had something in those in that realm, uh, but it wasn't as tart as kombucha. And I did kind of like it. So maybe I maybe I could go with that. But um, no, nah, you know I. But you know what? If I can get my hands on a couple of them, maybe if I go over to Smith's where they have the make your own six pack, and I don't have to buy six of them. Like I did, I bought six of those fucking groovies. <laughs> and they were fucking miserable, absolutely goddamn miserable tasting. Um, I would, I would like these. Now there are some like, I think Sierra Nevada is making one now. Um, I bet that you know that might have some opportunity to it to be decent. So maybe I can get my hands on something like that. Look, here's some, all I, I would say: I'm smart enough and, and put enough effort into it. 120 percent 
isn't a huge growth over three years. I would have liked to have seen a two or three fold growth in non-alcoholic beer. But I think the thing that's holding it back is it's very niche in the market. I think everybody wants to corner this market, but there's very few people that actually right. are after that exact combination that Corey found himself in. And therefore there's only going to be a very limited niche of clientele that they'll ever serve. Unless you gain a stronghold in non-drinking countries and maybe Bud will get it through the World Cup in Qatar, but I can't see that lasting now that the World Cup has finished. Um, That's really the only huge explosion in growth I see for non-alcoholic beer. I think the market is going to find its natural level um, and not not with a 20-fold growth. Um, It's going to be... Well, I think there's... There's also this thing with the Gen Z sober curious um, thing here in the U.S. I don't know if that's happening in Australia, but um, that in that in that area, I always wonder, like, why would they drink a non-alcoholic beer? If you're somebody who's turning 23 or 22 right now uh, or 21, for that matter, then what the fuck are you doing needing to drink a non-alcoholic beer? Just drink a fucking water. Yeah, especially when there's no stigma. You're not trying to replace anything. (laughs) If there's no stigma of not drinking, then what is this product serving other than flavour? And obviously you're probably not a huge beer person in the first place if you're um, in this sobriety curious phase or or whatever it may be. Um, And I really think a lot of those things are, I think, there is a percentage of people, and it's a larger percentage than it used to be, that are genuinely pushing towards that. But I think part of it has to do with economics, the the cost of alcohol. Sure, um, of course. It is a big driving factor rather than just purely think, a lifestyle, lifestyle choice. Yeah, I also think there's there, there are some Gen Z uh, things that, you know, I'm not, you know, it may be unfair for me to bucket gen z at this point because they're still young they're still mostly children so um Are they? That, but that said yeah they're well they're getting there i mean they're they're still young 20s i guess which is still a time when you're relatively insane True. but um i do think there is um maybe some as we talk on a computer uh, and i say this some downsides to having spent most of your life on a computer. Um, and uh, they, I think Gen Z will end up being probably physically healthier than oh, without me a and probably mentally uh, much, much more <laughs> insane um, would be my guess. I think we're going to have a whole lot of, whole lot of wackos in this, in this next generation, but I could easily be wrong. You know, we had a whole lot of them in ours for sure. Um, but I just think this is going to breed a whole different type of antisocial behavior that we're not we're not even prepared to deal with yet. It's always hard to say because there's even I'm starting to do it now. Back in my day, when you look back and there were fucked up people back in my day, and it's I don't know what it is. I just think fucked up changes that same percentage of people fucked up back in the day it just changes how it's represented yep. within culture 
Anyways, to answer Corey's question, I haven't tried any yet, and I would. I would try one. Yep. Uh, so um, I don't know if I would switch to it. I mean, you really, but that said, I would, um, I would, give, it, I would give it a go. Now, I, yep. here's my th- final thoughts on it. I have nothing against it. I just rarely find myself in a situation where it would be my first choice, and I think that's what's holding the market at where it is. And I, I hope it grows because yeah. I think choice is a thing that's needed within all markets. We need it in every open market. Um, so I, I hope to see more of it on the market. And maybe one day it'll be good enough to actually warrant me trying it without sort of needing special circumstances to try it. I'm afraid we're going to have a whole generation of diabetics if they're drinking nothing but like soda pop and uh, and stuff. So really careful out there, gang. I, I think good for you. I think I, has that increased because I haven't heard that soda is on the increase. I would have thought that non-sugar varieties would have been almost as trendy now as yeah, but yeah, but some of that stuff still isn't good for you. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they'll be all. Maybe uh, maybe we'll have a very um, stable Gen Z. Yeah. Their parents are Gen. Their parents are Gen Xers, so I'm I'm feeling like probably not. <laughs> it's funny. I was looking at the generations on Wikipedia, and apparently yeah. now I'm technically Gen X, which I do not believe, um, because I was always in between millennials and Gen you're, X. You're not Gen X. Brian's on the edge of Gen X. Yeah. Brian's seven seventy eight or whatever, so he's he's right on the border there at Gen X. Yeah, you're what eighty one. I'm 85. I'm firmly oh, millennial. Yeah, you're firmly millennial. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and being – because Gen X used to run up to 78 and the yeah. the hard cutoff was mis- midway through 79 and, yeah, millennials was 82 or 83 it used to be. Um, but Yeah, I think I think you're – what are you, 81, 82? 80. 1980. 80. Yep. I'm glad you're you think ball, I'm, you're in the ballpark of both. Glad you think I look younger than what I really am. That's great. You're, you're more like you're more, you act more like a millennial. How about that? <laughs> this is true. I you, you ruined you ruined Hooters, Tony. Fucker. You ruined Applebee's. Uh, you ruined titties. That's my favorite millennial thing. Millennials ruin titties. That's still I my all-time believe, favorite thing. I, I read. Believe yet. that's true, and I, I don't think no, we I, ruined Hooters. I absolutely, I absolutely do not agree with that. <laughs> I now Hooters, Hooters. I, I don't go, I don't go to Hooters, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm doing all the Google work on that. <laughs> yes. Break, you know? <laughs> all right, let's go to the logger of the week, Tony. Oh, man, I'm on fire this week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. It's back, Tony. It's back. It's Freem Pills. Love Start it. Start of the year. New year. Let's go back to the classics. Um, it's Freem Pills time. When was this, when was this canned? What are we looking at? Oh, it's old, Tony, but it... Tasted fine. I mean, it was it's kept cool. Sir, of course, it's if it's old, it's fine. It tasted great. This is not some it's sort a, of hazy. There was some October pills. It's not bad, but uh, nothing wrong with that. It, uh, Relax. It was fantastic. I yeah. absolutely loved it. 
Um, Tony, how about you? Any lager this week? Can I give you an anti-lager of the week? Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. So it was awarded the a silver medal at the 2020 Melbourne International Beer Competition and a 2019 Global Beer Masters silver medal. This is from a supermarket chain that I quite enjoy a lot of their products. I think their home brand is phenomenal. But this beer is pure trash. I didn't buy it. Um, Somebody that was visiting had it. It is Storm um, Light Beer, Storm Brewing Co. Light Beer. It is a low alcohol beer, comes in at 2.7% alcohol. Um, I would rather drink a non-alcoholic product than this. I actually think sure. most non-alcoholic beers would have more beer flavour than this outright trash. Did you want to take a guess? Not at the untapped rating. I, I might look that up if you haven't already. But the price in Australian dollars for a 12-pack. Boy, I hope it's cheap. It's from the UK, I think, right? Is this UK brewed? Uh, it could it be. Here in, it's brewed where you're at, yeah. It could be brewed under license. Somebody had to sh- ship that. Um, for a 12-pack in Australia. Oh, man. You're so expensive there. Uh, is this 12-ounce cans or whatever, three 355 mil cans, 330 mil cans? Yep. 330 mil. Okay, I'm gonna say you know. Okay, I'm gonna say twenty three dollars, twenty four dollars Australian. On the plus side, you can almost get two for that price for a twelve pack. It's fourteen ninety nine. Really? Oh my god! I I see every time anyone talks about beer there, it's always like two or three times the. Uh, you know, the if you get twelve, you're at least paying thirty something dollars for for a twelve for a twelve pack, but. Um, all right, fourteen ninety nine Australian. That's say, hey, now we have twelve packs of stuff here. You can buy for um, what's a twelve pack of Bud Light go for? Probably eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine. Um, yep. But that's the, that's uh, the thing. Um, this is so low in cost because of its low alcohol percentage, two point seven percent. One, sorry, zero point seven standard drinks in a three thirty mil bottle. Most. Australian bottles that are 330 mil, uh, 1.2 standard drinks. So that shows you how low in alcohol that that yeah. uh, beer is. Brutal. And you said it's awful. So don't buy that. Gang, my, our Australian friends, do not go out there and buy that. That's my that's gross tip of the week. Um, are, are you looking up the untapped rating? What are you doing? That's what I'm trying to do. Um, I can't seem to find it. All right, well, let me do it. All right, you can you can guess your own untapped rating on your own beer. Yeah. Um, Storm Brewing Co. There, there is a couple. What's the beer called? It's just Storm Brewing Co. Light Beer. I don't think it's the English one. Uh, I don't think it exists, Tony. I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I think it. I think it's not. Uh, I can't find. This storm brewing limited in Vancouver, BC, Acclesfield, Cheshire, East England. Is that is that who we're looking at? I don't know. I've 
put the link to the LD page. Now these in. guys make these guys make like interesting beers. They make yeah. a, a session IPA. They make an English pale ale. Um, it's not them. So maybe it's just some like fucking brand that got created by Aldi or something. I don't know. I'm guessing that's exactly the case. Um, and most of their not most of their beer. You can sometimes find some absolute bangers in there. Oh, here we Storm go. Brewing I, I found it in Aldi, New Zealand. Uh, okay, total check-ins, 215. Um, monthly check-ins, three. Unique check-ins, 179. It's a traditionally brewed, brewed pure and refreshing light beer, light on alcohol, but not light I found it. on flavour. It's under home. It's under homebrew, Tony. <laughs> it's under homebrew. Storm Brewing Premium Light Lager, 2.7%. It has a 2.2. Yes. With 40, 49 check-ins. Lee Puckeridge did not care for it. Patty Firth said it was perfectly average. Um, I like this guy. Paul Levitt. Erg. <laughs> 1.75. Um, there is some, there, the people did not, not given to me to try should pour it down the sink. Not good. One star from Reese Boothroyd. Great name. Um, that's pretty good. Hash bucket down, down crap. Now, what does that mean? Tony, um, hash bucket, hash bucket down, down crap. There's another supermarket chain that uses the, it's slogan for prices is, um, Cole's prices are bringing, are being brought down, 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 or something like that. So maybe it's a mm. reference to that, but otherwise, that's, I can't. That's tell pretty you. good. All right. So this this is not very popular, but there you go. All right. Garbage. Uh, garbage water. Garbage. Very good. All right. Let's do beer of the week. Let's do beer of the week. Played the full thing in a while. Had to do that. What you got, Tony? It's a tough choice between what I'm drinking right now, which is good, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of money. Even though I'll score it higher than the beer I'm going to rate as my beer of the week. We spoke about it earlier. But I'm drinking Fake Out by Mountain Culture. It's a New England IPA, 6.9%. Jam full hops, delicious. Would I buy it again for the price? Probably not because it's... It's pretty expensive, but absolutely delicious. Um, the other one, I can wander across the road. Oh, well, it's one kilometre away, uh, 0.6 of a mile away. Head to my local brewery and pick up the Goza from Sailor's Grave. It's their uni and lemon myrtle Goza. Are you familiar mm. with A, the style of Goza, B, the ingredient of uni, and C, the ingredient of lemon myrtle. Well, I know what I know what uni is. That's sea urchin row. Correct. I know what gosa is. That is a s- style of um, uh, part uh, and salty beer popularized in Leipzig, Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's recently had a resurgence here in the U.S. Um, and around the world, apparently. And lemon myrtle, I would presume, is some kind of flower or herb of some type. 
It's an similar Australian... to lemon, maybe similar to lemon verbena. <sighs> it's different to lemon verbena, but it is a spice or a herb um, that is native to Australia. It comes from the rainforests of Queensland up near Mackay. Um, mm-hmm. It is really, really delicious. You can get it in oil form as an essence, um, but has a very, very straight ahead kind of flavour. And sure. it works really well to get that lemony tang in a goza. So um, that's how I feel about lemon verbena, but they did, definitely does not grow in a rainforest. I don't think. So. No, no, maybe you, I don't know. I actually, I actually could not tell you what how you make lemon verbena. <laughs> you don't no make idea. it; you grow it. It's a herb. Well, I, you understand that, yeah, right, yeah. I don't know in what climate uh, part of the world. Similar to where I live in Australia, we can grow lemon verbena quite easily. Uh, it's Delicious. I mean, I, at our hey, local Bunnings, yeah. for example. Give me one of them citrusy smelling candles, and I'm I'm living it up. <laughs> yeah, I love a candle. I love smelling a candle, but I was never a big fan of like the just like the food ones. Yep. Uh, give me one with a bunch of citrus, uh, mandarin orange, lemon. Uh, I also like those wood ones. Like um, what is the one? Um, Palo Santo. That shit's good as hell. Uh, but um. Yeah, lem- any, any lemon herb stuff, I'm I'm super down with. That's nice. Lemon sage kicks ass. That's a good candle smell. Um, you anyways, you would love the Australian finger limes. Um, oh yeah, no, I've I've had stuff with finger lime on it. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, they're, they're have you seen that fruit? That fruit is crazy. People, have yeah, it's crazy. Like little little blobs balls. come out of it. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like little caviars. Now, Griff, what was your beer of the week? Uh, I, when, I'm going with the famous beer maker, Blender, out there. Uh, they're called uh, Dre Fontaine Never heard of, of them. Uh, Belgium. Yeah, yeah, they're doing some interesting the, stuff out there. They've, they've come up in the past, what, six months or so? They're, they're brand new. Three, 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 three Floydensen in. Um, you heard of those guys? <laughs> um, no, this is their Platinum Blend. Uh, somebody opened up a magnum of this over at Silver Stamp when we were there Sunday, which was cool as hell. Thank you to whoever that person was that opened up a magnum of Platinum Blend and, and shared it at uh, at at Silver Stamp. Uh, Tony, this one was a blend of both young Lambic, two- and four-year-old Lambic, originating from eight different brews and four different barrels. One-fifth of the blend consists of Lambic brewed with our own sourced heirloom cereals from different spots in Brabant. Um, the average age of this blend is about 25 months. The oldest Lambic was brewed in the beginning of 2016. And they use a local hop variety that they're trying to revive called Grona, Grona Belgium. And it was 100% brewed at Dre. That's rare often with Lambic, as you yeah. usually bring it in wort from a lot of places at once and brewing a lot. But this is 100% brewed on premise. And, uh, Absolutely fantastic, top-notch Lambic. A little higher in alcohol than your usual um, maybe goose-style blend here. Uh, this one was 6.9%. Ooh. So they, I think some of that age came came out pretty strong. Um, fantastic stuff, ton of funk. Very pleasant to drink, not too tart. Drink of the people right there. Um, absolutely delicious, loved it. Now, have you been to the brewery itself? I've never been. I've never been to Belgium, Tony. I've never done it. Man, we have to. We have to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Need to get some donations from our Ko-Fi base. Yeah, I I would absolutely take donations if you want to send me to Belgium. Um, please do. Please, I will be embarrassed if that happens. Uh, so just donate enough money for us to go get coffee or something in Belgium. <laughs> uh, I I you know what I. Uh, or, or donate to get Tony to go to Belgium. That's what you should do. I, my ass can fly to Belgium. I'll be all right. Well, it's 10 Not minutes. Not to pat myself on the back, but I can do it. It's 10 minutes from Brussels. Of course it is. All right, cool. Well, I, Brussels is relatively easy for me to get to. I Two flights away. I have to get on. You know, I'll have to fly to, to Dallas or something probably or, or Chicago. And then w- no where problem. would you fly into? Straight into Brussels or into somewhere? I bet I could fly... I bet I could fly nonstop. Um, well, you know what? It depends on if I how hooked in I got to be with American. Yep. Um, in which case, I would have to go through Heathrow probably. But um, that's only a hop, skip, and a jump away. Exactly. That's what I'm doing for Copenhagen. I'm spending a few days in New York City and flying to Heathrow and then to to Copenhagen. So. By the way, Nick Talk's belief is the only good thing about Belgium in its beer. I tend to believe he's right when he talks about Belgium from the um, bike racing that I've seen and the scenery. It looks kind of industrial and I've heard and dull. I've heard Bruges Bruges is quite a interesting city. I've heard Brussels can be a little bit industrial in nature in nature, but but Bruges is supposedly a um, a more interesting, more historic uh, or interesting place to walk around. So I would yeah, definitely but, be down for that. But it's like and honestly, I like the food. I I, I like the food in in Belgium. No, you I would like eat the Belgian French fries. Food all day. <laughs> I'd, eat, I'd eat frites. I would eat moule frites. I would eat. Um, I'd get down on some. Um, uh, don't they have some kind of? Um, they have some kind of sauerbraten type dish, and I can't pull the name out of it uh, out of my mind right now. But um, whatever, too stupid. Uh, they have that Flemish stew stuff too. That, that's pretty good. If, if anybody wants to get a good idea of the scenery in Belgium, check out um, the cycle race, bike race, Liège, best on Liège, that uh, happens every year. It's a one-day classic, outstanding bike race, and it gives right. you a good idea of what you can sort of see within Belgium. I, be- I believe it's a Belgium. fairly accurate representation. Never sunny, by the way. Never seen a sunny Liège, best on Liège. <laughs> just cloudy all the time, rainy. Always cloudy. That's low low country. That's the low country for you. Yep. All right. Well, that's my fancy beer of the week. I drank some stout this week too, but just didn't live up to that. Uh, I think I had it was um I had I had a Horace that was like aged in pappy barrels and million hazelnuts and stuff, and it was great, but <laughs> just couldn't do it over platinum blend. It was it's still just so sweet. Yeah, that's the challenge with these Horace beers; they just don't always catch the barrel that they need but that's all right all right that's good enough for that tony why don't we hype and hop it hype into the hype harper beer dirt why don't we do some hyper beer nerd dork shit news hyper beer nerd dork shit news hey tony let's start with this top one because you know, you put this in here last week so we can finally get to this um this is from this is australia's top selling beers for 2022 revealed um, this is from Belinda Palmada. I wouldn't read too much Belinda. into the byline. This is from news.com.au, which is the Umbrella Australian site for River Murdoch and News Corp. 
Yeah, but yeah, Belinda seems like a nice lady. You know, who knows? Maybe she's got something out there. Okay, she's um, the new Miranda Divine. A beer. Mm-hmm, 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 good. <laughs> um, what do we got? We have. Uh, let me let me try to get down here and see if there's a goddamn list. All right, Australia's top selling beers of 2022. We'll start with number 10 and move up. You Australians can guess right along with us. Um, number 10 was Asahi. Now, we got that here, Tony. That's Japanese beer right there. Number 9 was Pure Blonde, uh, which is produced by the CUB Asahi Group. What is, now, what is that? It's a beer that tastes kind of like water. Um, it's it's in a green bottle, I think, Pure Blonde is these days. Um very, very tasteless. Okay. Next up, we got Han. Now, Han, Tony, I think I looked up once on Beer Advocate for our old podcast, um, uh, Sidebar. Yep. Uh, I think I looked up Han, and it was it had some of the funniest and worst reviews I'd ever seen. <laughs> That's number eight on the list. Now... Um, you're clearly not drinking a lot of these, are you? I'm drinking fuck all of these. Um yeah. There is one on the list that I, I will give a shout out to. I, we, I think there's two on here that maybe have some potential, but okay. But going back to Han, this um, brewery was one of Australia's first new players in the market back when they were independently owned. Uh, Chuck Han sold out. I believe he did um, James Squire as well, and then sold out the James Squire brand. Um, I actually have a lot of respect for their founder, Chuck Hahn, but the beer is absolute pure garbage. And, yeah. Okay. They're an eighth. Uh, number seven is Tui's. Now, Tui's produces, it seems like, a number of styles, right? Um, of course. Um, but this is probably Tui's Old, I'm guessing, or okay. Tui's Draft. I know in Victoria, Tui's Old is their most... Yeah, there's Tui's Old Dark, Tui's New Lager, Tui's Extra Dry. I would think it's Tui's New Lager would be my guess. Uh, it, it changed... The New Lager changed the face of beer in Australia forever. Is that from their marketing garbage? Uh, that's what I'm looking at right now, yes. They make three beers. They make a dark... The New Lager and the Extra Dry. That's all they're, that's all they're kicking out. Yeah, it's probably Maybe Tui's... It is the dark... It's probably to his new, um, oh, okay. because that would be on a lot of taps in New South Wales. Uh, again, some of these, which we'll get to in a minute with um, probably probably three left in the list are also region dependent. Um, okay. And that, that's why they sell. So two is proper, probably... Um, is consumed in higher quantities in New South Wales than anywhere else in Australia. Uh, New South Wales being the biggest state, but some of these other brands are making um, inroads into into the Tui's brand. It's a Lion Nathan product um, or a Lion Kieran product, as they're known these days, and they're not struggling, so, for representation. Um, uh, all right, so uh, next up you have Corona. Tony, Corona. A beer that bad, uh, you have to put lime in it to uh, cover the taste or lack thereof. Right now, it's been, it's always funny to me. Corona in the in pretty much every other country except ours is owned by Anheuser Busch InBev, and here it is produced um, by 
uh, Modelo, I believe, and own the brand is owned by Constellation Brands, which uh, was the owner of Ballast Point for a period. Uh, so weird, weird setup that they have where they um, are sort of like uh, uh, broken up here. So um, I'm just looking at okay, Corona Extra contains barley, malt, corn, hops, yeast. Uh, asorbic acid and propylene glycol alginate, if you're wondering. Um, that's about the normal stuff that's in beer, I guess. So. Um, moving on. Uh, we got number five is Victoria Bitter. Now, Tony, is this beer any good? That sounds like a description of a beer I would like. No, no. Oh. <laughs> it is not good at all. Um, Vic Bitter is the beer I grew up in, but I would call it a boomer beer. Um, Vic Bitter used to be... Oh, it's lager. It sounds like it would be a bitter. Yeah, I know. Um, Pity I don't have the... um, Check it out on YouTube. The marketing campaign for Victoria Bitter is an absolute killer. Uh, Used to be this guy talking about how he needed a beer and he's got it right now and it's Victorian bitter. Um, really overdramatic, really quite cool. But the beer is pure garbage. Um, like it's most just, It's of available in 750 ml bottles. You can buy this in a 750 ml bottle. You wouldn't say a 750 ml bottle. If you were going to order that at a an establishment, more likely a bottle shop because you'd sort of grab one or two on your walk home, uh, you'd... you'd Ask for a VB long neck. That's how you would order. Yeah, that's what they said. Although it says right here, commonly referred to as a long neck, 750, bomber, king brown, or a tally. None of those other than long neck. Am We're, I familiar? we got to go through these. Tony, what, did they, what do they call a 500 mil can? Can. A can. Yeah, there's nicknames for that too. <laughs> For fuck's sake. This is where lunch, Australia drives me crazy. Lunch greens, lunch greens, or this is my favourite one, the big cold can. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. I'll have the big cold can. <laughs> there, there are two we kinds of three. cans you can ask for in Australia, and that is a can or a crowler. That's it. Lunch greens, I like that. 375 mil bottles. Now, Tony, these nicknames you've used before for me with this 375 mil bottle. Stubby. Stubby, yep. Stubby, pint, or short neck. Short neck, I don't know about. Well, Um, uh, look up Victoria Bitter um, when you've got the Google um, because that is... Oh, no, I have it. I'm I'm just looking at all these nicknames. They have 375 mil cans, tinnies, boonies, green cans, or greens. Weens and the 250 mil bottles, uh, as we call these, grenades, um, tw- twisties or th- throwies. Throwies? What? But it, <laughs> the shape of the VB, VB bottle, um, and it's called VB because that's essentially the logo, is the iconic stubby in Australia. It is a three, I think it's now a three. Might have gone back to 375. I'm not yeah, I'm sure. Looking at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see that. It's like yeah, I see the bottle. It's like a 375 is about a uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a slightly bigger. Yeah, um, but it's a, it's a unique style of a bottle where it's, it is. It's yeah. not it looks like a what we would call a Euro bottle, but it's not as big as that. 
Uh, all right, moving on. Let's plug through this thing. Next up, this is the good beer, I think, right? Yep. This is Cooper's. Yep. That's Cooper's it. is good, right? Yeah. That's pretty good for an independent brewery to be the number four top-selling beer. Yeah, and I'm guessing that's Cooper's Pale. I prefer Cooper's Sparkling out of their, their like, mm-hmm. you can get it on tap kind of range. Cooper's Mild's fine. It's, it is um, an English Mild. Their Australian stout is also quite good. Don't mind the Cooper stout. Where it re- gets really good with um, Cooper's is their sort of um, more limited range. You've got um, Thomas Cooper and their vintage. Their vintage stuff is amazing. If you can ever find yeah. a vertical of that on untapped, I found it one day uh, in Melbourne um, at um, the Mitre. Believe it or not, Nick. Nick knows where the mitre is. They had a vertical of um, mm. Cooper's vintage, the and burst. that stuff is killer. Nice. So, big fan of that. And then brewery. rounding, rounding it out, the top three we have uh, 4x Gold, which is the uh, Queensland beer. I've seen beer. that beer. That can't. Yeah, that's probably not any good. Nope. Next up, we have Carlton Dry. You've talked about Carlton Dry. Yep. Not great. Nope. And at the, at the very top, Tony's all-time favorite beer. I know he doesn't like this beer. Uh, Great Northern is the number one best-selling beer in Australia. Okay. This is why I put this article online and uh, in the show notes. Like, they went and they asked people um, in the beer industry, like in craft breweries, about this top ten list and people were shitting all over the top ten list and specifically the number one. And I get it, but the two things are disconnected. In America, what is your top selling beer? I get you. I guess it's not a little thing by um, Sierra Nevada. It's probably Right. Um, it's not it's not Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or something. No. No, it's probably from AB in Bev, it's probably Bud Light. Bud Light. Or, it's Bud Light by like an order of magnitude. Yeah. Is it really more than more than the others? Yeah. More oh, than yeah. Miller Light and um, what Coors. Mm-hmm. That's what Bud Light used yep. to drink. These beers are all in those style of beers. It, they're all that sort of same tasteless drivel other than Cooper's. Um, and there's a disconnect between what beer snobs like you and I like, and that's what I'll call us in this case, and what is is walking on the shelves in huge amounts. I heard um, complaints at MAFCO that they didn't have Great Northern on tap. Like, you're at a brewery. If you go to a winery, do you expect to find Yellowtail available by the glass? No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't expect it in a beer-specific institution either. It's garbage beer. <sighs> what can I say? Yeah, Bud, Bud Light accounted for um, 17.8% of unit sales. Um, so, yeah, like almost 18% of all the beer sold in the USA was Bud Light. <laughs> Amazing to think about. Um, all right, Tony, One. Uh, let's, let's do a couple more quick news stories here. Um, we we got a Lord knows I got to get a brewery dog story in here and got the man keeps providing for me. Um, he was back in the news again this week. 
no shit this week. So yesterday, <laughs> this came out. Uh, Brewdog boss pays almost five hundred thousand pounds to unhappy solid gold beer can winners. So I, I read through this story. The gist of it is now we've spoken um, about this previously um, on the show. We have talked about that. We did talk about this promo. So. They hid 50 gold cans in cases of beer. Uh, there was a complaint months and months ago that the cans were not actually solid gold. Uh, they had said they would be solid gold. They weren't solid gold. Um, they were only gold-plated. Uh, the cans were mostly brass and plated with gold. Uh, if they had been solid gold, uh, the value... Tony, did you read this article? Do you know what the, the value would have been? I haven't got to the value. Um, okay, well... Take a guess. What would a solid? What would the value of a solid gold? Just um, trying to think. Can um, be. How much? I'm guessing around two hundred thousand dollars. Probably a bit. I'm under there. Uh, they gave me uh, Tony. It would have been about four three hundred sixty-three thousand pounds sterling, which is about four hundred and forty thousand US. So about six hundred sixty thousand uh, Australian. So as it turns out, the gold-plated cans uh, are only worth about fifteen thousand pounds, uh, or about eighteen thousand two hundred and thirty-four U.S. dollars as of this recording. Um, now, so how do you uh, think this would have gone? So as it turns out. Yeah, so as it turns out, he, he what, what uh, James Watt did was pay out of pocket to buy back the cans, um, and uh, he paid 15 grand, you know, or whatever, to whoever these people were. Cost him about 500 grand, 470K, he said. And now he owns 40 of the 50 cans. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, whatever. Um, How do you think this it was maybe in a America? little bit? This was How do I think this would have gone in America? He probably would have gotten sued, I guess. I don't know. I mean, and I think he kind of deserves to get sued over this. This is deceptive marketing. Different if it has an asterisk underneath and and, and went into detail about how it, it wasn't solid gold, but even then the competition shouldn't have been run as solid gold cans. It should have been... Just say gold can. Correct. Don't even have to... Yeah. You took the didn't words right out of my mouth. use the word solid gold. You just... You just, you just fucked up your your marketing, your wording. I mean, it was not not good. Um, he's just he's just a walking screw up. I mean, the guy just can't, I yep. just can't get it together. So uh, that that's a relatively innocuous one, honestly, compared to a lot of the Brewdog stories. So, um, but just flat out, flat out dumb. Last one, Tony, and this will lead us into our delightful game. We're gonna play. Uh, Tony, it turns out um, that once the 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 buoy that this sh- this show grasped onto, like a uh, uh, like we were sinking in the ocean, I guess. Uh, hard seltzer is no longer alcohol's champ, but it's still swinging. Tony, it turns out seltzer is struggling a bit in the market. Um, uh, it makes up about only you know, I would say about seven percent. It says of total beer. Volume about nine and a half percent of total dollar sales in chain retail stores. Um, so while they had this goal to grow, they've st- it's stalled out a bit. Uh, there are some seltzers that have become um, discontinued. 
now that said, Seltzer has added 4.3% of their shares in the last handful of years. That's pretty good. Um, it's down a half. Uh, sorry, no, that's craft beer. So it's up. Um, some of these big seltzers are down. So Bud Light, Mick Ultra, Corona Seltzer, um, their portfolio is down 35% uh, by volume this year. That's a lot. That is. Um, so uh, I would say it's not um, soaring like it was. It's not going to go away. Uh, it's um, it's hanging around, but but there's stuff uh, they're getting rid of. So, Tony, I thought today um, we might talk a little bit about uh, some of the seltzers that have left us. Um, and uh, we would play a little game uh, called This or That. Plink, plunk, plink, 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 This or That. Hi, Tony. So I have a list here of seltzers that don't exist anymore. I also have a list of seltzers that still exist, uh, surprising or unsurprising, to the, uh, to the normal, to the lay person. Okay. And we are going to go through, and you are going to tell me if this seltzer is, has been discontinued in the last two years, or is it uh, real and, and still being produced? So, uh, Tony, let's get started. The first one I have for you, uh, this one's called Vizzy. Tony, you remember Vizzy? Vizzy promises the uh, inclusion of antioxidants and in the form of vitamin C. It's been in trouble for that a few times. Produced by the Miller Coors, uh, Molson Coors Org. Uh, so, Tony, has Molson Coors decided to hang on to Vizzy, or did they say later bon on? Voyage. Bon Vizzy, Boin Visage, yeah. They did not jettison this brand. It is still firmly uh, tied to the AB InBev because they're part of Millicorsa or Millicorsa part of mm, No, no. Millicorsa is the other one. No, yeah. I thought they joined forces. Uh, there, was, they, there was tell of that. I believe the government got in the way of this, uh, uh, this arrangement in some way, yes. I'm going to say it's still around. There's enough visibility. See what I did there with Vizzy. Is visibility? Yes, I see. Interesting, Tony. Vizzy is still around. Lucky you. Vizzy is still around with all of its delicious vitamin C enhanced flavors, uh, which you can get. Uh, let's let's talk about them right quick. We always love going over the flavors. Yes, I have to put in my birthday every time I want to do this. That's cool. We love doing that. Tony, your your hard seltzers today available from Vizzy. They have a depth. Of shit right now in busy. They have two different variety packs: a lemonade pack, a watermelon pack, and a mimosa pack. So variety pack one has strawb kiwi, blueberry pomegranate, black cherry lime, and pineapple mango. I feel like that was the first one we ever did with busy. Yeah. Was those four? Don't worry, but there's variety pack two: watermelon, strawberry, raspberry, tangerine, papaya passion fruit, Gross. and blackberry lemon. Um, I think blackberry lemon sounds okay, though. Um, then we go to the lemonade pack. So this sounds like it's a direct competitor of that simply lemonade shit that um, is, is widely beloved by Kelly and her friends. 
this one has raspberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, peach lemonade, and watermelon lemonade. We then go to the watermelon pack, which takes the watermelon items from the other things, I believe, and puts them into one watermelon package. So this is passion fruit watermelon, blueberry. Oh, no, it's different. Blueberry watermelon, kiwi watermelon, and mango watermelon. So they made four new watermelons. This for a watermelon pack. <laughs> These fuckers have a lot of flavors. And then mimosa, uh, which is pineapple orange, strawberry orange, pomegranate orange, and peach orange. So they're really just mixing a lot of the same fruits. Just I was in about like, to say. You say they're they're just throwing, throwing shit at the wall on this one with Vizzy. You say they've they're got a lot around. of flavors. I say they have a lot of uh, watermelon flavor that they rebrand and put into different cans and just call it the same shit. Yes. Just, I think you. I think you're on it, Tony. Yep. I think you got it right. So Vizzy is still real. Oh God! I just stepped on my microphone. Okay, we're oh, good. Oh no. Um, all right. Next up, how about this one, Tony? This one is called City Water. City Water. This is from Solomoth. I think I've talked about these guys before. Yeah. I thought this one went away. City Water. Um, maybe. Uh. So City Water was a brand, is was a brand created by Salmoth. They have a handful of flavors. Um, I had to do. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I've I've had to do a bit of research to figure out what's going on with these guys. Um, not having been there, so um, I had to dig around. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, is whatever they are. So Tony, uh, why don't you tell me what's going on with Salmoths? City water. Uh, Kelly and I both enjoyed city water, um, for what it's worth. So it was quite tasty to us. That that's fine to enjoy it, but I think it's terrible branding, and I I believe that's a part of the reason why there was a downfall when Seltzer fell off in the brand. It sounds like um, something coming from from Flint, Michigan, um, and um, <laughs> so I'm going to say that uh, city water. R.I.P. City Water. Uh, Tony, Salamoth City Water is still around to the best of our understanding. <laughs> um, it did take some digging for me to confirm this. Really was having a hard time finding much mention of it on anyone's website. Um, but I did have a friend who was recently at a Salamoth location, and it did seem to still exist. And they have posted on their Instagram as recently as a couple weeks ago. So um, I believe they are still producing city water. They have some of the same flavors they've always had based on the best thing I can figure out. Orange cranberry, mixed berry, lemon lime, kiwi strawberry, and a run the jewels collab that they did uh, that is pink, pink lemonade. Uh, oh, they also had a lime coconut and a grapefruit. So um, not a huge. Um, there you go. Not a City huge water hip-hop head, is, but love run the jewels. Yeah, that's and that's pretty good. So City Water's still around. You got that one wrong. Oh well. Um, let's go to the next one. Next one I have for you is called uh, Social Club. Social Club. Social Club. I've never heard of this brand. Can you tell me more? Well, about let me it? let me give you a little more. Let me give you a little more insight on this one. Social Club Seltzer was started by Anheuser Busch. Um, <laughs> Okay. Now, these guys are known for this. So these 
are um, sort of cocktail, sort of, supposed to be somewhat uh, elevated. Uh, they have uh, an old-fashioned oh. a side, a sidecar and a citrus gimlet with the sessionability of seltzer. So um, these have kind of a elevated-looking branding. Um, these have gone sharp-looking for sure. Formerly sharp-looking, because these have gone the same way as. Um, Michelob Next Gen or whatever that fucking beer was, Bud Next Gen or Miller Next Gen. Bud, ne- Bud Light Next. I Bud Light Next. About, yeah. That is what I'm talking about. R.I.P. Right. Rest in peace. Tony says R.I.P. Social Club, and Tony, you are right. Social Club never even has heard left of it. has left the building. They it's look good. they look nice. I, I I don't I don't know why I would drink an old fashioned hard seltzer. Um, oh. That doesn't really track to me. It's different um, if you're drinking a cocktail in a can, where it's actually an old-fashioned yeah. in a can. That's fine, and I've gotten them. They're in little tiny cans. Yeah. You can just pour it right over an ice cube. It's it's fine, yeah. Yep. Um, or an Aperol spritz in a can or a bottle. You yep, know, that's in a nice. bottle. You can have that. Yeah, I'd go down and get one of those. those. This isn't a cocktail. It's nothing. It's in between a few different things <laughs> once. Um, they were all 7% alcohol and 150 calories, so you really weren't even really saving much. No. But it being this many ounces, because it was 12 ounces. So you could have drank four ounces of an old-fashioned or whatever it is, or three ounces, uh, uh, or you can drink seven, 12 ounces. I don't know, you know, whatever. It's like, <laughs> how much math are we doing here? I don't know. Math is hard. Okay. Uh, Social Club, you got right. Next up I have for you, this is... We've talked about this one before, Tony. This was called this is called Bon and Viv. Bon and Viv. Wasn't this highly rated? Bon and Viv. Um, now who now who made this? I think this is a Molson slash Miller Coors. Oh no, this is Anheuser Busch too. They've got oh, too damn, many. Anheuser Busch just can't slow down, huh? Uh, bon and Viv. Um, we, I, I've never actually had this, but um, I think I think Kelly had this and, and enjoyed it. It had a little bit more of an. It was again another one that was a bit elevated in the flavor profiles to um, to say a Bud Light Seltzer or a. Uh, so this is a little more crafty in nature. So their fla- their flavors: pear, elderflower, raspberry, dragon fruit, clementine, hibiscus. You know things like that that are like fancy. So. Um, this is like these are the, brun- these are brunch seltzers. This is like all girl. <laughs> this is like girl brunch shit right here. Not to not to gender this, but it, it is. It is. Give me a break. Well, it is the Goose Island of the seltzer world. So therefore, mm-hmm. it is kept on keeping on. This is still somehow surviving as the upmarket brunch ladies eating two slices of cake. At their brunch. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's a goer. All right. Tony, you're right. Bon and Viv still exists. Yeah, it does. Uh, like I said, you know, Clementine hibiscus. We go to coconut pineapple, grapefruit, black Ooh, cherry. Oh, you got to try that coconut pineapple. Cranberry. I, I would. I would try the coconut pineapple. It sounds Just nice don't do me. it while walking across the road because you could stop traffic. Now this calls them spiked seltzers. Now what is that? Does that just mean it's called 4.5 
five percent. Well, I just didn't know if that meant that they had. Um, you know, some of these are like cock like cut water is a cocktail. You know, this is, but this is just a malt beverage. So yeah, this is branding. Um, it is. No, it is just branding. You're right. These are only four point five percent. They're ninety calories, zero sugar, of course. So um, because it, no duh. Uh, all right, next up, Tony. This one is called Cacti. Cacti Agave Spiked Seltzer. The brand is called that. Cacti Agave Spiked Seltzer. So That seems like it these, was named by our friend Chat G, GTP. These, um, I think, I believe these were put out by Travis Scott. I think Travis Scott was involved well, there's in making no way. these. I think yet again, these are yet another Anheuser-Busch product. Well, there's um, no way this is still going on after his fucking show where somebody was but there killed. is there are so... But Michelob Seltzer is an Anheuser-Busch product, and Bud Light Seltzer is an Anheuser-Busch product. Yeah, and, but Anheuser-Busch uh, have never uh, held a Corona concert. Seltzer, and um, there's so many... Seltzers. Yes, but Tony. all these um, things that you're talking about haven't held a concert. They may have sponsored a concert, but they haven't headlined a concert where several people were killed. Therefore, I think this has been shut down. Um, yeah, RIP, the people at the Travis Scott concert and this particular think- brand of seltzer. Tony, I believe these were shut down before he killed those people at the concert. Um, these are made. the 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 thing with these was these were made with a hundred hundred percent premium blue agave from Mexico. Don't how dare you waste those precious blue agave for yeah. this? Turn it into tequila or mezcal. At least, yeah, at least make tequila or mezcal and you know, fucking give me a goddamn paloma or something for God's sake. Um. These were 7%, so quite strong. Uh, we got pineapple, lime, and strawberry flavors. Um, and these have uh, gone the way of the dodo, as it were. Uh, so long to cacti, agave, spiked seltzer. Tony, you're on a roll. You've gotten four out of the five right. Uh, the next one we're going to go with is called Arizona Sunrise. Arizona Sunrise. Now, this, I believe, is a product of the Heineken uh, company in some fashion or another. Uh, but we do get them. We do have them here in the states. Uh, it's not just. It's not just made for the Danes or, or wherever the hell they make Heineken. The Dutch, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, that's Carlsberg. I get it mixed up. Uh, so this is kind of stylized in a strange way, Tony. Um, uh, it's it's like every so a, the A and the Z and the S and the R are capitalized for some reason in their stylization. So I, I do not know why that is, uh, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is made made in either for or with or by. The uh, Heineken Corporation. Well, I'm going to say that because I don't know of any other Heineken branded Celsa, that I think this is still going for some reason. I don't know why. 
I think it's still going. Well, Tony, you're right. This is still going. Uh, they have four flavors that I can detect anyways. Uh, their website, their website, despite them still existing, their website does not work. I cannot load anything on their website. Uh, they have uh, grapefruit, cherry punch, lemon, and mucho mango. I think is what that says. Munch. That does not say munch. Oh, that doesn't say munch, does it? What does that say? Muncho mango. It says muncho mango, Tony. I don't know. What is that? You said like manchego cheese with mango. I don't know. What is what is munch? What is muncho mango? <laughs> All right, muncho mango. That's cool. Muncho uh, mango, the undisputed king of seltzers. Um, Arizona sunrise. You got right, Tony. You are killing it. Uh, you and Kelly both destroyed me at this game. Um, so that's fine. Not even worried about it. Next up, we have Tony. Here's here's a classic. It's a classic company that would make a seltzer, uh, and we've talked about it. Coors Seltzer. Just Coors brand- Seltzer. It's just Coors. Coors Seltzer. Not even Coors Light Seltzer? It's Coors Seltzer. Uh, Coors Hard Seltzer. I suppose Bud is Bud Hard Seltzer, isn't it? It's I think Bud Light Oh, it's Bud Light. Believe, actually. Well, I think Coors made a mistake. Um, I think the Rocky Mountain Brewers have made a mistake in not calling it Coors Light Seltzer. So I think this has died. Rest in peace, Coors. Jeez. Coors Really? Wilson. They would get rid of Coors Seltzer, you think? I, th- I think they would. Um, Tony, I like how you say you it like right. Johnny Paycheck. You are right. They got rid of it. I now I'm now I would like to point out I'm I'm basing this on if they got rid of it in the USA. Oh, of course, um, because it's like when Kenny Rogers Chicken like went out of business. You know, yeah, there was uh, one. Oh, yeah, sure. There, there are three locations. Yeah, okay. And there's three locations in the, in, the, in the. They're in the Philippines. <laughs> so does that mean Kenny Rogers Chicken really exists? No, it does not. Uh, it just, there's three of them and you have to fly across the world and go to the mall to get there. Um, you can get Coors Hard Seltzer in Canada. So we've learned that. And if you look at the can now, you can see it says, Oh, Petalant Alcoholice. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, Canada. Um, their flavors are a variety pack. They're still making this for Canada. Um, mango, black cherry, lemon, lime, and grapefruit. And a splash pack of blue raspberry, fruit punch, fruit punch, uh, strawberry and peach. That doesn't sound good. Um, but yeah, Coors Light for all, or sorry, Coors Seltzer for all intents and purposes is no longer real. Next one I have for you, Tony. New Belgium's Fruit Smash. Ooh. I think this was an ill-advised venture. I think this is this is dead. I mean, Belgium, focus on other products. Voodoo Ranger, Voodoo Ranger Seltzer, that'd still be going. But yeah, this is dead, dead, dead. I tell you. 
County Fruit Smash still exists. Oh. They're still kicking out Fruit Smash. I'm shocked. Um, uh, Fruit Smash is out there with their flavors. Fruit, uh, sorry, Citrus Punch. Sounds better. Berry Blast, Tropical Mango, Pink Lemonade. And I believe they have made a higher alcohol version of Fruit Smash. Really? Um, also, here it is. Uh, see if I can find this shit. Um, well, while you're looking that up, I just want to say, if anybody is interested in starting a... Yeah. Kenny Rogers Roosters Chicken, um, you can actually um, look on their website um, and it will cost you approximately $300,000 for a franchise. I think you've got to supply the venue and and everything else, but the franchise costs are 300000 US. But I've got to say their menu selection is poor. Don't know how the original Kenny Rogers was, but uh, was it just rotisserie chicken? Um, yes, I guess. Um, I never went to one there. I, my, Kelly has been to one. <laughs> Apparently Kelly's parents loved it. Uh, there was not one near me, uh, where I grew up in my part of the suburbs, but there was one apparently by where Kelly grew up. Um, so, uh, I never, I never went to it. I was eating all my chicken. I was eating rotisserie style was from like Boston chicken. Okay. If you're familiar with that old chain, which is now called Boston market. I think I did see them while I was in America. I haven't gone into one. They do have it's really uh, awful food. Do not eat that. <laughs> well, is it any more awful than this? This is their chicken macaroni. It is made Sounds with great. elbow macaroni, vegetables, pineapple, tidbits, pickle relish, and chicken strips mixed this in is mayonnaise. Some Fili- this is this is a Filipino Malaysian thing, right? Malaysia. Sorry, yeah. No, yep. this is. This is giving me vibes of that, like, I mean, I like Hawaiian food, but this gives me vibes that sometimes you get this, like, the post-war, post-Korean War, post-World War II GI food, where it's just a bunch of American foods stirred together. Yep. Um, that's giving me vibes of that. And that's not, a, I'm not meaning that as an offensive thing to say. I'm sure it's a beloved food item in that part of the world, but it is just, like, shit out of some soldier's pack. <laughs> mixed together you know that's no worse way to start a food tradition than any other to be fair but no it's fine but i i wouldn't eat it uh, it sounds it sounds miserable to me that's not a combination of flavors i'm looking to get into i don't really care for pineapple on pizza to be fair but i'm not judging anyone who does it's just not for me you know what food chain they need to bring back you you won't be familiar with this because kfc took them over in australia but uh pmac may remember this brand but Ollie's Trolley, they were a great chicken fast food joint. Bring back Ollie's Trolley. So you said Fruit Smash didn't exist. Correct, I was uh, wrong. That, that is wrong. They do have a super hard version now, and actually I'm half interested in these flavors. Cherry Lime Chill, Wild Watermelon, and Pineapple Punch, and they will get you fucked up. They are 8%. And there is also a super hard pink lemonade pack. Um... And by pack, I mean it's one. They have a super hard pink lemonade. That's it. It's just pink lemonade flavored. So there you go. Uh, And it comes in a 20-ounce can, and it's 8%. Hell yeah. Here we go, New Belgium. (laughs) Let's get fucked up. All right. Um, Okay, so you've you've gotten most of them right. There's two left, Tony. This one's called 
Uh, we're gonna go with with with. Um, yeah, we're gonna go with this one first. This is Lone River's Ranch Water. Ranch I mean, Water this was still the ranch water we 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 talked about a few months ago when Ranch Water was sort of first hidden. Yeah, this is still gonna exist. Yeah. It didn't go down in in a flaming pile, did it? Terrible name, by the way. Ranch water just sounds to me like water that you find in a pond on a ranch, which is never good. Yeah, but Texans seem to know what it is, I guess. Um, Tony, uh, yeah, you're right. This still exists. Uh, original, spicy, real red grapefruit and prickly pear ranch water. Um, uh, this is like a cover. This is made by Miller, I believe. This is a cover undercover of the Carbach Brewery, I believe, in Texas, uh, with this Lone River brand. Um, ranch water, the original way, is a great thing to make. You take a swig out of a Topo Chico, you squeeze lime in there, you fill it to the top with tequila or mezcal. Unzo. You know. <laughs> Perfect. You know, that, that I'm into. Uh, but there you go. So that's that. And one more, Tony. You're going to love this one. This just combines all of our favorite news stories right here. Uh, Brewdog. Brewdog's clean and press hard seltzer. Nothing from Brewdog ever dies. It is the zombie of the alcoholic beverage world. It is still keeping on. It is still going to this day. Tony... To the best of my understanding, clean and press hard seltzer is dead. What? Uh, I cannot find it existing still. Uh, and at the Brewdog Brewery, in fact, they had a new hard seltzer brand. Uh, <laughs> of course they did. Of course they uh, did. If you're wondering, they have co-opted. Now, Tony, I don't know if you've ever seen this brand before. Original New York Seltzer. Which has sort of no. these Art Deco-y looking letters. Um, I haven't. But it was like a drink from the '80s that would be carried at like a New York deli, um, and uh, was maybe popular with with the crowd that would frequent a New York deli, as it were. Um, back in the days where it, it was just like sort of a seltzer thing, and um, now they have a hard seltzer. They just made it hard. So Brewdog collaborated with whoever this is that makes this original New York seltzer and made a hard version. It does have a cool brand. You know, it looks cool. Uh, they do blueberry, black cherry, peach, and raspberry. Um, seltzer. So cool. You know, it's got, it's yep. got sort of like, um, eighties New York city vibe packaging. I don't know. I've seen this stuff a handful of times. So, um, I like the, uh, the non, alcoholic version so maybe this is good i don't know but um of course yeah brew dog can't keep anything alive for more than a few minutes so who knows how long we will be producing this well i think i won that game didn't i at the end of the day Tony, you won this one easy you got seven uh correct you are safe from any punishment any donations any, did you um, want to know where my donation would have gone today you won't, you won't get this, but the Australian listeners will. This would have gone to the George Pell Hip Replacement Fund. Huh. Oh, no. All right. Well, what happened to him? He lost his hip. <laughs> he lost his life. 
Oh, rip, rip in peace. <laughs> no, don't. Um, I hope he doesn't get any peace. Fuck that card. Rip in, rip it, rest in piss. Sorry, yep. rest in piss is what it makes to say. Okay. Tony, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us, huh? They can find us on the internet, specifically checking in beers. Because I love to check in beers. I had to create Mafco on Untapped, and that's where you can find me. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. That man sitting across from me, whose picture was flawless today, is Griff AD on Untapped. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod. You can do what Kyle did and send us a donation. The Get Tony. Uh, Corey. I believe Corey, Corey. sent us a donation, actually. Who did I say? You said Kyle, oh. uh, who would never send us a yeah, donation. Fuck Kyle. I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> I, I never meant to say that. Please. Do not rescind your donation. I hope you didn't make it through PayPal and can get a refund. I, I, honest mistake. K and C very close together in the alphabet. Yeah, well, not really. I think. But I, I think everyone except Kyle will be mad at us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> um, Go ahead. But, but if you want to send us a tip, especially to the Get Tony to Belgium Fund, that is ko fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Or if you want to send us an email, like John Taffet did, well, he sent snail mail. But if you want to send us an email, which is the closest thing you can really get to snail mail, is mm-hmm. beerengineshow at gmail.com. Griff, how did I do? Perfect. Boy, can't, I wouldn't have said think perfect. Of a single, can't think of a single correction to make in that. <laughs> um, Tony, uh, we, we just got a post here from... Um, from Nick Tork, who says he he is at Little Creatures in Geelong. Uh, looks like a nice place he's got here, that, that, ale ale, and so on and so forth. Looks like he's he's having a nice time. And considering that, I might go and enjoy some time off, huh? How about you? Yeah, I might do the same. I might take my uh, Thursday off. All right, nice job. Uh, unless 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 one of these. Comedy podcaster starts coming after you, huh? Let's see. Let's see if you can get any time <laughs> off, huh? Yeah. Who knows? It's going to be All a right, lot of guys, work. We'll talk. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.